Hello everyone and welcome back to the fifth episode of the Self-Help Library Podcast. We are your hosts, I'm Randall. And I'm Jin. On today's episode of the Self-Help Library Podcast, I will review a book that I listened to recently on Blinklist app and three of the major takeaways that I have from that self-help book. Thereafter, Randall's turn and he will be talking about a book that he's recently read. In the third segment, instead of sharing about a webcomic today, I will be sharing about a new app that I recently discovered. So I'll start with an audiobook that I recently heard on uh, the Blinklist app. So today we'll be talking about this book called Indistractable by Nier Eel. Okay, that's an interesting name. Nier Eel, I think. Yeah. So in this book, we will find tips about how to remain focused in our task so that we become indistractable. And in doing so, we also become indestructible. So the world is filled with lots and lots of distractions. But being able to focus on important tasks is crucial to professional and personal success. So how do we actually master this skill of the century, right? So as someone who is really super easily distracted by webcomics, <laughs> amongst other things, I found this blink list summary really, really helpful for me and I believe that it will be helpful for all of you listeners out there as well. So the first nugget that I took away from this book is that we have to realize that when we are wasting time on our devices, it is actually a symptom and not the root cause of distraction. So then what is the root cause of distraction? So the author calls them triggers. So these triggers can be a good thing and a bad thing, right? So um, what happens is that a trigger is known as a stimuli that leads to our distraction. And because of that, it's very important for us to identify them. There are generally two forms of negative um, triggers. One, and they are either internal or they are external. So external triggers are like pop-up notifications from our apps that make us stop from our work to check them. Like for example, that new Instagram post. So then what are internal triggers? Internal triggers are emotions like boredom or stress. And these emotions make us feel discomfort and therefore, we perhaps turn to uh, another activity like scrolling our Facebook to uh, alleviate these negative feelings. And hence, we get distracted. So, from here, this example, we can see that cell phones or our devices are really just a proximal cause of distraction and not the main reason why we become distracted. So then, how do we become more focused? So the first way is to become more mindful of these internal triggers and we can do so by recording them down. So what happens is that when you start to realize that you are succumbing to a distraction, step back, take a moment and write down this feeling and this event that triggered it. Thereafter, upon learning how to identify your triggers, you can slowly let them go. And one way is through visualization. Okay, so imagine these distracting thoughts being swept away like leaves down a floating river. Okay, so visualization technique can be really beneficial. So just imagine like releasing all of these negative triggers. Then the next way is to gamify your job or gamify your task. So like Mary Poppins once said, in every job, there is an element of fun. And if you find the fun, then snap, the job becomes a game. So just like games on our apps are designed to be very, very engaging and fun to play with, we can create a challenge 
for our task and perhaps like uh, implement a point system or a reward system and thereby improving our concentration levels, right? So the next thing that we have to do is that we have to practice self-compassion. So this becomes very important in our fight against distraction. Always remind yourself that you are capable of overcoming distractions and um, this is something that I need to do more often as well because sometimes when I find myself, you know, distracted or not doing and not completing the task that I set out to do, I tend to beat myself up. Um, especially when I come out of a three-hour long web comic binge reading session. Okay, so the next nugget then is something that the author calls time boxing. Okay, so what does time boxing entail? So it basically means to schedule time each week for yourself, like your me time, uh, schedule some time for socializing as well, and to schedule some time for work. So the time boxing framework is really quite an effective planning tool, I feel. Uh, and we have always been using this in school in the form of a timetable. So if you remember your school days and you remember timetables, um, this is basically very, very similar to that. And perhaps it's so familiar to us, that's why it will work much better. So the essence of this planning tool is to set aside slots in your weekly schedule to complete various tasks as a guideline. So the first thing that we have to do is to set time for self-love. So start off by planning some time for your meal, some time for bedtime, of course, remember to have your 8 to 10 hours of sleep, and some time for your hobbies. Then the next thing to do is to time box for your loved ones. Okay, so plan some time for your friends and for your partner as well as your children. And there's really no set rules to this. So uh, some people would, would want to plan more time for their loved ones, maybe a weekly date. Then some people would like to plan like a monthly catch up with their friends or maybe even more. Okay, now the last step for this time boxing is to plan for work. This is especially important for a self-employed person like, like myself. Okay, but for those of you who are employed, so Neil Eel, the author, suggests setting two hours for undisrupted work in the morning and a time slot in the afternoon for perhaps checking on your emails. But the key here is to then share this plan with all your friends and your colleagues so that they do not disturb you when you are in this focus period. Now, the final and third nugget is that so now that we have found out about our internal distraction triggers and that we have also set up an effective time boxing plan, right? So we should learn how to manage external triggers and external distractions. So one way to do this is to use a symbol, okay? So you use this symbol to tell people that you are in focus and not to distract you. So one example is perhaps you can put a, a card on your table that says do not disturb or you can even do something silly like wearing a hat and when people see this they know that you are in that focus uh, session and you don't want to be distracted so they can respect you and they can support that indistractable symbol okay so the next thing that you can do is to organize things in your devices so distractions like the Facebook app, Instagram, or Twitter, just put them to the very, very last page of your, of your handphone so that they become less readily accessible. 
So there are also many apps that are available that can monitor our online habits and help us to use the internet a little bit more mindfully. Now, the author also suggests using this app called Pocket. So Pocket allows you to save articles and then what he would do is to use the text-to-speech function so that the app reads articles to you while you are out on walks or in between commutes. So I think this is a really, really awesome idea because I have a lot of issues catching up with the articles that I want to read. Sometimes I completely put them off or I don't even get to finish them or I have tons and tons of tabs online and I don't really ever get to finishing them until one day Google Chrome crashes. <laughs> now, the next thing that you can do, which is um, one of the most interesting tips that this author suggests is to form blood oaths and packs like wolves and vampires. Okay, I'm just kidding about that. So the idea here is pretty similar, but less um, morbid. So find like-minded friends and families, like, uh, and even use apps like Focusmate to arrange a time and place for focused learning and working. So there's also this thing called the Price Pact, in which um, the author suggests that you can burn money or maybe you can choose to donate to Randall's course, Book Beyond Borders, okay, if you fail to do something that you are committed to. But the one that I really liked is something called the Identity Pact. So you become so committed to being, being and becoming a better version of yourself, so you tell, that, you tell yourself that you can beat distractions and that you are indestructible and really allow yourself to become that person. So that's all the three nuggets that I took away from this book, Indistractable by Nir Eel. And Randall, I see that you're someone that's really very focused. So do you have any tips to share with us on how to become a more focused person? Sure. Well, uh, first of all, I think there are so many things that I learned um, you know, from, your, from you sharing your points. A couple of things that I really agree and you know, especially for someone like me who has always really been trying to be laser focused on things I do, I still struggle with, for example, um, you know, setting up a time box. That's one thing that you talk about, you know, time box to focus on things that are more important in life than pretty much everything, like investing in relationships and investing in love, um, friendship. Well, these are the kind of things that I have been struggling with. Um, I'm not balancing well with you know, work and things that are most important in my life, like relationships, families, and friends, and stuff like that. So there are still a lot of things that I'm learning along the way. Um, but I think what has been working well for me is to you know keep distractions away. And you know, you you mentioned um, one of the ways we can do that is to understand what's our uh, distraction triggers and you know uh, setting up ways where we can allow others um, to recognize your symbol right for example wearing a funny hat or you know stuff like that for me um, I have this habit that I just started off you know just switching off my phone to airplane mode after a certain time so that I literally block out any potential um, distractions that's coming my way um, whenever I try to write or I read um, I would not allow any kind of distraction to potentially get in the way and that also means that I may um, block myself out from very important messages so I think you know it's a, uh, a way that we have to figure out what's most important we want to respect our uh, alone time our productive time versus 
um, you know, potentially allowing certain kind of distractions to get in our way. So a lot of things to learn. I uh, have learned a lot through what you have shared and it's a learning progress for me. Right. Um, so thanks. Really appreciate you for sharing. Most welcome. Now, uh, I'd like to share the next book that I read. Really excited about this book. So um, I, the book that I'm going to introduce today is called Delivering Happiness by Tony Xie, who is the CEO of Zappos. So um, Delivering Happiness is a book that I've read for, um, I think, the third time right now. I'm not a person who reads books because I have so many books on my list. Um, but Delivering Happiness is one that has impacted me a lot in my last organization where I work. Um, um, there are so many lessons that I brought on to that and every single time where I feel like I'm stuck in, uh, in life, finding my purpose and struggling through some difficult times at work, I always try to pick up this book because um, again, the nuggets there are super valuable. So a bit of background. Um, what is delivering happiness and who exactly is Tony Xie? Uh, Tony is the CEO of Zappos and Zappos is an online store and clothing retailer founded in 1999 and eventually got acquired by Amazon in 2009 for more than a billion dollars. Um, they are just like any other organizations out there. There are hundreds and thousands of organizations that sell clothes and shoes but the thing that made them different was that they had a really weird company culture and they are very obsessed with customers. Um, so one of the things that they talk about in building that very strong weird culture is to, at the very big baseline, is to have a very strong committable core value. And in terms of their customers, they talk a lot about delivering wow experiences, which I'll share with you um, um, you know, some of the nuggets that I, bring, I brought out reading this book. Now, there's a lot of uh, ways, a, little, a lot of learnings you can take out of this book, but for me, uh, there are three things that um, have in, in impacted me in my life personally and a lot of decisions I make at work. So the very first one is called Committable Core Values. Um, I recently wrote a blog about this uh, idea of core values and I think, you know, if you were to ask any of your friends or, you know, uh, companies, leaders, everyone will say that they have a certain set of values. Now, it's easy to say that you have certain values that you believe in, but the problem is that is that it often sounds lofty and none of them really commit to them. You can join an organization that talks about, you know, the standardized core values, but it always feels like you know, it's just some kind of PR and marketing angle for employees to, you know, go through. And then it kind of ends up like another click on the wall. Um, so what Tony Xie talks about is um, the importance of having committable core values, not just core values, but ones that you can actually commit to it. You know, in the business settings, we see things like, um, you know, if you're truly committed to your core value, you hire and you fire based on that. Um, and having one that you know you and your employees can commit to, um, it's sort of like a set of guiding principles that points us in the right direction whenever we are facing with very difficult decisions. And you know, in this pandemic period, you see a lot of organizations that are going through some of the worst um, you know economic crises you know in the last few decades. And um, this is where 
having a strong set of committable core values, it's super important because of all the uncertainties out there, having one will allow them to make the best decision uh, in, you know, in, in the best way possible. A good example is the recent layoff by Airbnb. Um, you know, it, it gone out on the news. It's really big on the social trending right now that they had to lay off, I guess, I'm not sure about 15 to 20% of their global headcount. Um, the way uh, the CEO handled the uh, retrenchment had caught you know a lot of global news and um, media attention and he, he did mention that it's all because that they were committed to their core values um, they were committed to making sure that they were not just providing people travelers a uh, good experience but also um, the people in their team and they cherish that well so the, the way of how they handled that layoff was something that i think a lot of organization um, we'll have to re rethink and relook how they handle um, mass layoffs in the future. Um, so, you know, again, having core values, it's something that you choose to stick with even in the hardest time. And again, it reflects in the work you do, decisions you make, and people recognize that. The thing about that is if you don't, people can smell it one mile away. They know when you as a brand or as a person, you're not standing for something you believe in. And if you are an entrepreneur trying to build a brand, it can be something detrimental um, to your brand as it erodes a lot of trust. So um, the importance is on commutable uh, core values. Now the second point I want to uh, bring out is about failure. Uh, and it's that failing is not failure if you learn something from it. Now a lot of people can look at Tony and all his successful ventures and say he got it easy. But it's easy to say that because we never knew what's going on in the background and we always think that successful people, uh, you know, they, they, they got it in their genes, in their DNA, their network and stuff. You know, we, we all like to say uh, overnight success. But, um, and, and also one of the biggest reasons why I'm such a huge fan of um, biographies and memoirs is that you realize none of that is true none of that had it coming easy and again reading delivering happiness you get to see so many instances where in the organization and tony could have gone bankrupt in just a matter of few days but again like any other crisis it will always pass and when they eventually come out of the other side with all the battle scars they always seem to come out stronger and that is true in almost all cases. Uh, in one of the, um, you know, in the chapter, Tony wrote about all the things that he failed while running his first company and how he used that to shape uh, the organization that is leading right now, which is Zappos. And one of the things was making sure he got the company culture right from the start. Likewise, there are a lot of lessons I've gotten from the last four years in working in, you know, different startups, most of which um, have a lot of things that I'm unhappy about and a lot of failures and stuff like that. But through all these experiences that I had, uh, I'm now determined not to repeat them in the company that I'm running right now. Uh, I'll use a good example of Books Beyond Borders and um, one of the things that we stand for. One of the things that we um, made a bold pledge from the start is to put 100% of all the donations we collect plus 100% of all the net profits to charity. And the reason for doing that is I never want and never will want to have any shareholders in our company. I've seen how companies that raise external funding from institutional investors and venture capitalists 
And whenever you bring new investors into a business model, um, it always becomes about maximizing shareholder values. And when that happens, uh, you put the board of directors and founders in a very difficult position when they um, to compromise on other core values like making sure we um, you know, treat customer well, continue providing uh, enough value and not shortchange the customers in exchange for profits for the shareholders. Um, and frankly, that's not the kind of business I want to be in. And so a lot of people might disagree on how we want to be giving away all our profits to fund uh, educational causes around the world. But that's something that we truly believe in. That's one of our committable core value. And even if it takes much longer to scale, I'm happy doing it. And even if I fail, at least there's something new I'm learning. Now that's the beauty of life. And again, uh, failure, it's just something, it's, it's, a, it's a perception of how you view it. Um, it's not failure if you learn something from it. And that's my second nugget. Uh, the third nugget, it's uh, about higher purpose. And that also means understanding what makes you happy. Uh, in the book, Tony talks about the three P's. He talks about profit, passion, and purpose. So Tony has built two very successful companies. He sold his first company to Microsoft at the age of 23, and then after that to Amazon. And he's always challenging ourselves to find out uh, about our higher purpose. And uh, I was watching one of um, the speech that Tony Shea was giving, and he talks about... Um, one way where we can find out what's our higher purpose is ask ourselves one question. What is one thing you wouldn't mind doing for the next 10 years? And even if it doesn't make you a lot of money, would you still want to do that? If you are able to figure that out, then um, you may have found your higher purpose because the money will eventually come. Now, another way to think about that, it's what's after money, right? Um, what do you want to do after you get all the money in the world? And when you keep asking yourself, what's the next step? What's the next step? Um, you realize that there is only so much money can buy. Again, I want to quote from Tony Shen's book, um, don't chase the money, chase the dream. But in the end, all our fundamental goals is really just kind of boils down to finding happiness. And if doing things doesn't make us happy, then we are not living our true self. So finding out our high purpose is something that I've been um, trying to live and you know, every single time when I feel like I've re reached uh, a roadblock either in life, personally or in professionally, I ask myself, what is my high purpose? Am I doing the things that I really want to do? Uh, do I find meaningful in the work uh, that I'm trying to work on every single day? If that's yes, even if it's difficult, it's challenging, I'm feeling on the way of you know, achieving my higher purpose, I, I believe I'm on the right track. And again, you know, the topic, the entire topic of today's podcast goes back to being focused on where you want to go. And if you're not being focused, then you're bound to let a lot of distractions and, um, you know, all the small trials and tribulations get over you. So that's it. That's for Delivering Happiness. It's a great book for anyone who is on their journey to finding who you are, um, on your journey of you know, starting your own project, your own business. Um, and the values that you learn in there, it's incredible. And lastly, the way the book is written, it's beautiful. Tony speaks from his own voice. Um, it's funny and um, it's highly recommended. Uh, so pick up that book if you can. It's called Delivering Happiness. 
by Tony Shea. Alright, so that's part of for my part. Um, and now I would give you the mic back to Jin for your final ad review. Something new today. I'm excited. Thank you, Randall. Yeah, it's really an interesting book. So I remember this one quote. Uh, I can't really remember who said it, but um, it goes like this. Uh, fail fast and fail often, and then you'll find success. Yes. Yeah, which is yes. so true, right? Um, and, and that's something that we can learn from from Tony Sia's book. So, um, so how do we find out about our purpose as well and how do you become indistractable? So in today's app review, something that's quite different, uh, I'm going to share with everyone this app called Zinnia. Okay, so Zinnia is an app that many bullet journalists would absolutely love. Uh, so if you guys don't know what bullet journaling is, okay, so let me explain that to you. Okay, um, so a bullet journal is a method of personal organization and it was first developed by this designer called Ryder Carroll. Okay, so the name bullet journal comes from the use of bullet points to lock information. But it also partially comes from the use of this thing called dot journals. I believe like Moleskine, famous brands like Moleskine, they carry those dot, dot journals which are graded using dots rather than lines. And it allows for a lot of creativity, a lot of expression as well. And over time, many creative people started creating beautiful templates for logging their habits, logging their goals, and write down things that they are grateful for, and basically created all these works of art as part of their personal journals. You can see many, many samples of it. You just find and Google uh, bullet journaling, or you find the hashtag bullet journaling on Instagram. You can see lots and lots of beautiful works of art. So I've been meaning to start bullet journaling and be more consistent in it. I have had a bullet journal, but you know, after a while it just kind of like like dies away and one of the reasons um, that prevented me from keeping this habit going is the costs okay so many many bullet journalists right they will spend so much money on colorful pens and washi tapes and stickers every month or maybe even every week and to be honest like because of this fear of missing out FOMO thing right um, I really wanted to be able to like invest in those things as well but I know that I shouldn't because they are wants they are not needs and frankly this was really just beyond me right but with this app Zinnia you can do all of that on your iPad okay so that's really amazing so this app allows you to create multiple notebooks for various situations and you can really fully customize the cover you can fully customize everything that's inside so you can create a journal for habit tracking so you find out uh, you know, if you want to like encourage this good habit, you can track down the days that you've been consistent. If you want to um, uh, kick a bad habit, you know, you can take note of every time um, you are doing this bad habit or in the case of, of the book, Indistractable by uh, Near Eel, right? So the moment you find out you have this trigger, you are triggered by something, you get distracted, you can note it down in your habit tracking journal, right? So, um, and then perhaps you could, get another journal that functions as your gratitude journal so every day you write down all the things that happen to you in the day that you are happy for or you can even categorize your journals by year one for year 2020 another one for year 2021 
there's basically so many, so many ways of creating your journals. Then next, the moment you've created your journal, you can decide whether you want uh, it to be a line journal, a dot journal, maybe even blank pages, right? So you could fully express yourself. And of course, um, just because you chose one page to have lines, um, the next page uh, doesn't mean it has to be lined as well. You could put a blank journal if you feel like it. So the app comes with lots of templates and digital stickers as well as drawing tools. So the possibilities are basically endless. Okay, so if you like, uh, for example, I like cats, right? So I would create a cat themed journal. You can either draw it if you are so artistically talented or you could perhaps import images from online sources. You know, you find a nice cute cat image or perhaps I would take a picture of my cat and then I'll put her at the bottom right corner of my page, something like that, to just basically arrange the whole journal to suit your need and suit your aesthetics. And I honestly had a very, very fun experience getting to play around inside the Xenia journal app. So I, I basically slept really late the past few days when I found out about this app. And I really enjoyed experimenting with all the cool background cards, all the text option, and looking through the creative, thoughtful and fun stickers and washi tips. And because um, basically you are just using a digital element, right, a digital item, I, I believe that this app can save you so much money in the long run. So Xenia can also be used as a digital scrapbooking tool. So um, a few years ago, scrapbooking was really very popular, right? People spend lots and lots of money um, doing scrapbooks as well. Uh, and then there was a digital scrapbooking phenomena. So Xenia is very, very customized for that as well. So it can then become a place for you to save up all those precious memories. And because everything on your iPad is backed up on the cloud, right? You don't have to be worried, you know, that, that um, it gets deleted or let's say um, something happens and you lose your scrapbook right like maybe because of uh, i don't know you get them wet okay so they are all saved up in the cloud then so one thing about this app is that it's actually a paid app but it's really affordable it's only about five dollars a month but they require you to do a yearly subscription so i believe it's like 60 sing dollars so when you divide that out by 12 months it's about five dollars um so if you think five dollars is a lot let me just give you an example right when you go to a stationery store and you buy three really beautiful pens that can easily set you back like six dollars or even more and when you are doing like such journals or scrapbooking you definitely need more than just pens so five dollars is really really affordable and if you're new to bullet journaling or if you've been using it for ages you should definitely try out this app because it will definitely change your note-taking experience so try something different and of course uh, with regards to this podcast you can use it to learn about your triggers or you could you know find out about your passions right so Xenia is available for free download on the Apple store and I will include the link down below so feel free to check it out so back to you Randall Thanks. So, um, great app. Uh, one last consideration for anyone who's hearing this. Perhaps giving up, uh, you know, a venti latte for a month. Just one a month, you get to get this app. Try to take control back of your life. I think it's a great um, software. And I am a big believer of paid apps because when you pay for something, you 
uh, more, you feel more obligated to actually continue working on it. And when you use, um, you know, free apps, um, chances are you will not be consistent. Well, this is just a personal view, but I hope everyone can give this out a check. True. Before, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so before we end, uh, again, in the same format, we'd like to just give you a very short self-introduction. My name is Randall, and I run a social enterprise called Books Beyond Borders. What we do is we collect and sell unused books and raise money for educational causes in developing countries. Now, when I started this organization, I not only wanted to promote reading, something I am very passionate about, but also to give others a platform to turn their unused books into something good with someone else in another part of the world. So please check us out. We are at booksbeyondborders.org. And if you have unused books that are willing to part with and exchange them for some impact, you can reach us out at our website. There's a message us button below. And again, I look forward to sharing more in the next few episodes. Alright, and my name is Jin. I'm a property agent who is very interested in investments and lean startups and positive mindsets. So I'm also in the process of setting up my social enterprise for people with disabilities because I believe that businesses have the power to do good and provide more for the community. And you guys might also notice that my book reviews tend to be on self-help and productivity and mindfulness. During my leisure time, I love reading web comics and fantasy novels and for today, you guys learned that I love bullet journaling as well. And you can find out more about me by uh, doing a quick search on Facebook. So I have a Facebook page called Property Jin Huat. P-R-O-P-E-R-T-Y-J-I-N-H-U-A-T. So uh, you could find out a little bit more about property investments. So feel free to like and subscribe to my page and share it with your friends. And thank you so much for joining us today in our podcast and we'll see you in our next episode. Thank you. See you.